Our guest on the show this week, Chantry Banks. He's the executive director for a group called Preservation Oklahoma. So, Chantry, good morning. Good morning, George. Thanks for having me on the air this morning. Well, let's let folks uh, get a little information about exactly what Preservation Oklahoma is and does. Okay, great. I would be happy to tell everybody. Uh, we are Preservation Oklahoma. We are a uh, nonprofit statewide-based organization. Uh, we were established in 1992, and we are member-based, so I am always looking uh, for new members to join us. Uh, and uh, we uh, do lots of activities throughout the year, George. We do um, uh, uh, um, workshops, uh, speaker series. I'm on the road often giving doing speaking engagements across the state. We put out a newsletter, a quarterly newsletter, and then our uh, our big project that we do every year, I would say our flagship program is our most endangered places list that we put out yearly. We'll talk about that here in just a minute, but uh, let's talk about some of the workshops that you that you host. Okay, great. Yeah, so we, uh, one coming up this year, actually early 2023, um, I always forget that my fiscal year is yes. different than the calendar year, and my brain, my brain doesn't function very well in that respect. Uh, we've got a stained glass, uh, preserving and restoring uh, old stained glass or historic stained glass workshop coming up probably in January of 2023. We're still, we're still working on that, but uh, past workshops have included um, uh, wood window repair, that's a big part of, of historic preservation. And also one of our really popular workshops that we do, and I'm looking into doing this also this fiscal year, is um, a gravestone restoration workshop. So it's a hands-on workshop that we've done many, many times uh, where where our attendees we will actually go and find a cemetery that needs our help, and we will learn all the basics of uh, of uh, headstone cleaning and restoration. Are these one-day workshops for the most part? Yes, they are usually one-day workshops, depending on depending on what type of workshop that we do. So stained glass workshop is a four- to six-hour day-long or half-day workshop that we do. Uh, sometimes the cemetery workshops, that can, that can be a two-day process. So first day can be learning the basics, and then second day would be hands-on out in the field uh, work. Same with wood window workshops, depending on the, the, uh, the intensity of the workshop and also the number of attendees that we have. You know, the, the gravestone restoration is critical because uh, so many are ignored uh, over the years, and mm -hmm. you can't even read the names or dates or anything on some of them. So that's, uh, that's yeah. important work. Yeah, it's really it's really important work, especially you know in some of those early gravestones we have across the state, George. That they were they were using materials that um, that the Oklahoma climate was not kind to. So if they were using some of those softer marbles um, back in the day, that uh, we, we can some of those gravestones, as you know, are unreadable now, and so we uh, we try to restore them as as well as we possibly can. So uh, let's talk about uh, your annual endangered list now. And uh, this is uh, how do you come up with the with the nominations for the list that you put out every year? Sure. So we uh, actually opening 
up in the 1st of October will be our nomination list. I can't believe we're already accepting nominations for 2023, but here we are. Uh, we seek nominations from the public, and so on my website, which is preservationok.org, there is a link there to nominate uh, a property you know of uh, anywhere in the state. And so we do, we put that information out in our newsletter, and it's also all over our social media, of course. And um, I try, so we do seek nominations from the public, and then as, as the um, nomination process goes on, George, I take a look at um, maybe some areas in the state that we haven't received any nominations from, and then I'll reach out to contacts in that part of the state and say, hey, do you know of any properties um, that need our attention? Or if we have good geographic uh, representation, I will take a look at the kinds of properties being nominated and we'll say, oh, well, we've got several church buildings nominated this year, but no um, old school buildings. Let's try to find a historic school building that's needing our attention as well. But mostly I do rely on the public's input in getting these properties nominated. So will you go out and make a physical visit on these properties? That is my goal. Um, If not not before we choose the properties, um, we will, I will make a site visit sometime in the year after it has been chosen to be on the most endangered places list. And so what is the benefit uh, of, a, of a, a place or uh, object that uh, is placed on the list? Sure. Well, you know, we like to, we need to let people know, and I like to let people know that it is no guarantee that your property or the property or the site will be saved or any uh, a magic amount of money is going to fall from the sky once it gets listed in the uh, on the most endangered places list. What it does do, and this is what I think is really important, especially for uh, buildings that uh, can be in rural communities or even out in very rural parts of the state, it brings publicity and attention to properties that otherwise may not get the attention that they so richly deserve. And so what that can do is leverage um, that attention, that publicity can leverage, um, you know, an individual going, oh, I'm, I think this property is worth saving. How can I help? And, um, and also it helps in writing grants. If, other, if another nonprofit organization decides they would like to help a property or a site, uh, being listed in, in the most endangered places can help in uh, receiving grant funds and other, uh, and other funds from individuals. What are some sites uh, that folks might know about across the state that have been placed in the endangered list? Yeah, well, I'll start with, so we, uh, we just revisited a site uh, this year that was on our very first list in 1993. So 2023, we're, gonna, we're looking at 30 years of most endangered places. But the very first site ever nominated, and I, it's pretty iconic, and it's here in Oklahoma City. It's the, uh, it's the Grand uh, First National Bank building that has recently undergone a monumental restoration. It's an Art Deco treasure, and it uh, has reopened as a restaurant and a hotel and apartments, and it's really, really incredible. But it was on the chopping block for a long time. Its future was uncertain for a very long time. So that's a great example, George, of, of uh, one of those big, amazing properties um, that, 
that everyone kind of knows about. A little more locally, uh, in the Chickasha area, just last year in our most, in our 2021 most endangered places list, we had the, um, the uh, old World War II hangars that are out there at the uh, Chickasha Airport. I know they were damaged um, in the, I believe it was the May, we talked about this, the May 3rd right. tornado in 1990, was that 1999? It was. Um, yeah, and so, you know, their futures have been kind of uncertain over the years, but those, uh, those hangars served an important part and are an important reminder of Oklahoma's involvement in World War II. Um, they were um, part. They were trained as part of the 31st Flying uh, Training Wing there in Chickasha. The, so the Wilson and Bonfields Flying School is what it was called. W and B. Yep. Yes. 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 So Wilson Bonfields Field. Um, and so um, I'm glad to know that at least one of those hangars is still out there, and I'm sure um, your listeners will have some updated information for us too, which which makes me makes me very happy. Um, and la- in 2020, we had a property over there in Anadarko. It was the first Baptist church. It was the Greater First Baptist Church. It was one of the first historical black churches in Southwest Oklahoma. Um, and so it was on our list, and I believe it is still standing, but I'm not quite sure, you know, its future or or um, what has happened uh, with it. Uh, and then also a little further southwest there in, in, in the town of Hobart, we've got the Esquire Theater, which is still standing. I believe that it's got a beautiful, iconic um, marquee that is, that is still standing, and so... Um, like we like we talked a little bit about George, we don't often in the Chickasha area we don't get a lot of nominations from that part of the state, and I would love to see more uh, nominations. Especially, I believe I've spent a lot of time in Chickasha throughout the years. I it's one of my uh, it's been one of my favorite smaller towns, medium sized cities to visit in the state, and there are some beautiful properties all over that all over that city that um, I bet we could bring some attention to. So uh, keep those nominations uh, coming in, and how do they how do they do that? Go to the website. Yeah, so they'll go to preservationok.org, and there is a page there called at the top. There's a link that says most endangered places, and beginning October first, I'll have a link there that says nominate your 2023 most endangered places list, and we accept nominations for several months, and then um, in mid spring, I get a committee together of um, people uh, who are much smarter than I am, thank goodness. And we go over and we hash out which properties um, we would like to list on the most endangered places list. And it's usually 10 to 11 properties, depending on uh, the number of nominations we receive. And then that list will be announced in July of 2023. And so uh, just a couple of months ago, we got the, the 2022 list. So uh, mm-hmm. Let's run down some of those. We do have some right here in the region. Yes. Uh, so I believe we could talk about the uh, Apache Museum. Yes. And they're in Apache, constructed in 1902. Uh, it's a beautiful local, uh, locally quarried stone uh, building, and it's right, I think, Apache. I went down to visit not too long ago. Had such a charming downtown, and that, and that four-way Stop right there in the middle of downtown is just 
packed full of gorgeous buildings, and the Apache Museum is really um, a really beautiful example of um, uh, pre-statehood architecture in that part of the state. As you all know, the facade had kind of crumbled and was and was collapsing on the north side of the building uh, for the last couple of years. And they had reached out several times asking, how can I help how, or how can we get help? And um, the best thing I was able to do was, was get it listed on the 2022 list um, because I know they had started a fundraising campaign. And my hope was if we get more people um, uh, aware. If we make more people aware of this building, maybe a few more dollars um, will come their way. Uh, a little further southwest, George, we've got the uh, Saddle Mountain Mission Church, which is now um, sitting on uh, property in cash, but it, of course it was originally there in Saddle Mountain, which is north north of uh, the Wichita Mountains down yep, there. Not too, far from, not too far from Mountain View and Godibo. That is correct. Um, two of the greatest towns in Oklahoma, in my in my very very humble opinion. Uh, and then, um, really personally to me, I grew up in western Oklahoma, George. I grew up in a little town called Hammond, mm-hmm. uh, which is just north of Elk City, Oklahoma. We've got the uh, the Casa Grande Hotel in Elk City. It's an icon of uh, Elk City and Western Oklahoma's Route 66. And we have the Route 66 Centennial approaching in just a few years. And so we thought it was a good idea to include this building, which used to be the tallest building on Route 66 between Oklahoma City and Amarillo. And uh, it has sat vacant for years and years and years. And I know the city of Elk City is interested in seeing it rehabbed, and, and I am as well. So how tall is it? If you know, you know it's, <laughs> it's so tall, we wouldn't even look at, we wouldn't even give it a second glance today uh, in terms of tallness, George. Sure, it's five yeah. or six stories tall. It's, it's, but it is a beautiful, well, and that was beautiful, tall. That was tall back in the day, I guess. Very, very tall back. <laughs> it's in not the a day, Devon yes. Tower by any stretch of the imagination. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, also, uh, uh, there's been a, a, a very historical home uh, west of Lawton that's been on this list for quite some time. And people, oh, people you drive must by be it every talking time. about the Quanta Parker Star House. Yes. Is, that, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I do believe of all the properties we've had listed over the last 29 years, Quanta Parker Star House might rank up there as being the most nominated property we've ever had. It's been on our list five times, uh, or five different lists, Throughout the year, throughout the years, and it was built around 1890, and it used to sit on the uh, Fort Sill. It used to sit on property at Fort Sill before being moved a couple of times, before ending up in its present location, um, which is there just on the west side of Cash. Uh, it's privately owned currently, and uh, that's also it's the same location where the Saddle Mountain Mission Church sits now. Um, and it was also the site of, a, I think, a fairly beloved theme park uh, many, many years ago. And lots of people have many memories of the theme park that's there on the west side of, of Cash. But I do know that a nonprofit has recently been established to try to uh, save this Quanta Parker Star House because I do believe Quanta Parker's legend um, 
looms quite large over the over that part of the state of Oklahoma and down into Texas as well. So there are interested individuals from Texas and Oklahoma who are, are really working to save that property. So I do think we're going to see some wonderful rehabilitation and movement with that building over the next several years. So do you think some of these uh, properties might qualify for, for ARPA funds? Is that is that something they should look at maybe? You know, that's always a good question. The problem with our, I mean, not the problem. There is no problem with our, but, right. but I think the, the issue would be, um, if it's privately held or if it's held by, um, a nonprofit organization, I see. um, a lot of times private owners have difficulty uh, getting some funding um, for properties that they would like to rehab. Now, of course, if a property is privately held, you can apply for historic tax credits through the state of Oklahoma and through the federal government, and that's a really incredibly robust program. Uh, but when it comes to ARPA funds and other types of grants, George, it really does it really is beneficial to have a nonprofit um, to have a nonprofit. Um, attached to your property. Like a historical society or something like that, I would Like guess. a historical society or even, you know, if you've got an old movie theater in your town but it's and it's occupied by a community theater group, that works as well. Um, so there are there are lots of opportunities for the different types of, of properties we have here in the state. All right, so next time you're in Chickasha, have you seen the, the, the territorial jail that we still have in town? I have not. So it's down by the Rock Island Railroad Depot. Okay. And uh, there are some talks about maybe trying to get rid of it in one way, shape, or form. And uh, it's it's just a wood building with some iron bars in it. And I don't know when it was built, but it's 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 a unique building. Mm-hmm. And I personally, I'd hate to see that destroyed. We we need to find some way to I think to preserve that that structure. I could be crazy, but, uh, you know. I don't think so, George. I, I think, and you know what, also, um, I'm going to have to come down very soon and take a look at this property because it might be a perfect fit for our next year's Most Endangered Places list. Of all the types of buildings we have across this state, people are really fascinated by um, jails and prisons just because of the of the possible legend and lores of, of, of the people who could, may or may have, spent some time in those <laughs> sure. in those jails behind those bars but um you know i there's a great term out there in the world george called adaptive reuse and uh it's used a lot in the preservation world of course of taking historic properties or not even historic properties but old properties and adapting them for something um new and we see that a lot um one of the great things, when the liquor laws changed in Oklahoma and uh, breweries became so prevalent across the state, if you look at some of what the breweries are doing across the state, they're rehabbing some of our old properties, some of our old sites, and uh, using adaptive reuse to create some really interesting uh, breweries. And then we all benefit, if you enjoy uh, uh, beers, then we all benefit from saving a building and then getting to enjoy the, the byproduct <laughs> of the, that building being saved. So we've got that right here in Chickasha. We've got the Canadian River Brewery that's moved into a downtown building and uh, still has some of the historic, you know, some of the brick walls and things like that. And uh, actually, the radio station here in Chickasha is in an old gas station that built 
back in the 1940s and when we moved in uh, we still kept some of the you know the old brick walls and uh, kept some of that and some of the uh, you don't have to drop out of the station and, and the the drop ceiling the 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 tin or uh, the, yeah. the, the so uh, so we're part of in a historic part of downtown Chickasha, and so we're trying to do that here at the station. That's amazing, and that's like there's a great example, Georgia, adaptive reuse, right? Let's turn yeah. this old gas station into a radio station, and that's amazing. And then, of course, my ears perked up when you said a brewery has moved into downtown, too, so I may have to yes. um, just drop everything and head over to Chickasha ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> well, the downtown is being revitalized, and, of course, when you, when you come down for the Festival of Light, I'm sure you'll be down for this year, but, uh, yeah, give me a shout, and... Uh, and uh, I'll show you the the updated sites in town. Perfect. So. Yeah, wonderful. And also, you know, I know all Chickasha residents know this, but the old the uh, Oklahoma College for Women National Historic District there on the um, right. OSAO campus is really uh, a really special uh, part of the state. And um, that's my connection to Chickasha. My grandma, when it was Oklahoma College for Women, may she rest, but she she attended Oklahoma College for Women for a couple of years down there in Chickasha in the uh, late 40s, early 50s. Very good. So we're, we're talking mainly about historical buildings and things, but there are other, uh, there are other places to kind of lead you into the next question, what other type of sites can qualify to be uh, an endangered uh, place in the state? Absolutely. So we've looked at, uh, we look at anthropological and archaeological sites a lot as well. So we um, have, we have someone, can, yeah, okay, yeah. The um, Washita Battlefield National Historic Site out there in Cheyenne, Oklahoma, uh, for many, many years, that land was uh, privately held by a wonderful family who, who did take great care of protecting the site. But once, once they decided, um, well, I'm not quite sure of the story uh, with the family selling the property, but, you know, it, it, it was, it's important to keep that aspect of history alive. And so that, that the, the battlefield site was, has been on our list, was on our list many, many times before becoming a national historic site. And, um, and we look at that, we look at the, the battlefield site out there in Cheyenne, just uh, right there on the Washita River, which the Washita runs right by Chickasha. Is that correct? It does right through it. Don't yes. It? Yeah. Yeah. Or just north of town, um, I guess. Uh, that's my other connection to Chickasha. I, I grew up on the Washita River in western Oklahoma, and I always get, still get excited when I'm driving over on I-44 <laughs> and I cross the Washita right there yeah. at Chickasha. But anyway, so you know, that they're, they're, they're still not quite sure the actual site of uh, uh, Peace Chief Black Kettle's um, uh, village there on the Washita, but they know it happened there. There are very few physical remain. Um, there are still arrowheads and things like that on the property, but so little remains of that important um, uh, event that happened in, in the mid-1800s that we've, we felt it necessary to keep that property on our endangered places list. Yeah, part of, part, of the so civil, part of the Civil War, right? Yeah, post-Civil War, yes. So it was part, you would say, we would call it today the, a part of the um, Plains Indian Wars. Um, but still, that's still kind of becoming an antiquated term as right. well. But, um, 
So, yeah, so archaeological sites are very, very important. But the problem is, here's where we run into an issue, George, is when we, um, we want people to nominate those sites, but people are, and especially anthropological and archaeological organizations, are hesitant to give up the um, location of that site because um, other interested people uh, may take advantage of knowing where that of where that site maybe is. wanting to go get some souvenirs I guess huh exactly exactly if you look at a place like Spyro Mounds out there in southeast Oklahoma and a very important archaeological site was looted over and over and over in the previous decades before the state uh, took ownership of that property um, and so that's always an issue too. We 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 so when when a when an archaeological site does get nominated, we will give a general idea of where of where this site is, but never fully reveal um, its exact location. So if people are hesitant to nominate an archaeological site, uh, just know that uh, we would never reveal the the full site right. location. And you so. said uh, earlier that art, like art and murals, uh, can be considered endangered as well. Yeah, I think so. So a good example of that um, are Oklahoma is rich with murals and art sites that were done uh, during the WPA. Um, and so, and that's, you know, that's Great Depression. That's 1930s. Uh, I just was up in Enid this past week, and I visited the Garfield County Courthouse there, and there's some incredible murals painted in 1936 and 1937. And they've never been in danger, thank goodness, but as as we have adapted and modernized our our county our city county and state buildings over the years our the arts that's a part of those buildings that's part of the infrastructure of those buildings they can be um they can be considered endangered Shantry Banks has been with us on our uh, program today. He's with the Preservation Oklahoma Group. Let's uh, again talk about the website and where folks can get more information and how they can become a how could they become a member and help you guys out. So listen, everything I and I would love, love, love to have uh, you, everyone, join us as members of Preservation Oklahoma. Membership started just twenty-five dollars for students, fifty dollars for individuals, and then go up from there. And there are some great perks of becoming a member of Preservation Oklahoma. But all of that information can be found at preservationok.org. That is our website. It's preservationok.org. Um, that's also where you will be able to nominate a property if you are interested in nominating. Uh, that begins October 1. And um, we also, uh, as uh, Preservation Oklahoma, we manage and give tours of the 1903 Henry and Anna Oberholzer Mansion here in Oklahoma City. So we are open Tuesday through Saturday for tours of the mansion at the that's another part of our fundraising and income and stewardship of a historic building is giving tours of the Henry and Anna Overholzer Mansion. Hey, Shantry, thanks for your time, and uh, we really appreciate uh, what you've shared with us today. Thank you so much. George, uh, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm a very grateful. Thank you so much.